0: I'm Sam Carter.
1: And I'm Dean Lowry.
0: This is Carter and Lowry.
1: Let's get started. Welcome back to Carter and Lowry, episode number 16. We've got a great episode for you, including the best game of the week and the Super Bowl. We'll be kicking off this week with our NFL segment, Super Bowl number 55, the Chiefs 9, the Buccaneers 31, Tom Brady with 201 pass yards, three passing TDs, and the Super Bowl MVP, Rob Wankowski with a surprisingly good game, six receptions. 67 receiving yards, and two receiving touchdowns. This is Tom Brady's fifth Super Bowl MVP and seventh Super Bowl overall. More than any franchise ever, Tom Brady um, with the most. Um, This is the first time Patrick Mahomes has lost by double digits and the first time he hasn't thrown a passing TD in a start in his entire career. So Sam, give me your first thoughts with this game.
0: Well, I'm I'm very surprised that the Chiefs didn't bring a little more thunder, but I guess you just never bet against Tom Brady. So,
1: yeah, and I would even say uh, the defense was really the surprising thing for me because you know they were. I feel like in the entire game, Mahomes was just running all over the field, trying to get something off, um, but a comeback never materialized, and the Bucks pulled it out. So, Sam, if you were the one that was voting. Would you have voted Tom Brady to be the Super Bowl MVP here?
0: I don't think I would because he – I mean, he had a fine game, but he he wasn't the top performer. I don't know who I'd give it to, though.
1: Yeah, I have to agree with you. Um, you know, just a complete defensive effort on the part of the Buccaneers. And, um, you know, the Chiefs, it kind of like – They kicked that field goal in the first drive, and then it's kind of like the air just went out of their entire team. And um, the next uh, point I wanted to talk about is a little bit of controversy of this game, a lot of penalties on the uh, Chiefs in the first half. How would you feel about those?
0: Well, right there at the very end of the half, they had two very questionable pass interference calls that ended up leading to a Buccaneers touchdown. No, I don't know if that had any result on changing the end result of the game. But still, it's, it's just I hate to see football games go like this.
1: Yeah, I guess, uh, you know, especially in close games, you know, the refs tend to decide them more than usual because, you know, the importance of the plays is magnified. Um, but I agree that, you know, I don't know if they would have had any change in the game, but there were some pretty bad calls in there. A lot of uncatchable balls, or calls for pass interference. Um, so we'll see how you know. Obviously, you know, refs, you know, have to look over all these games, and you know, maybe they'll make some changes for next season. Um, but looking ahead to the future, Sam, do you see these uh, Buccaneers going back to back and winning again next year?
0: I don't see why not, because other than Tom Brady, they've got a pretty young team. So, I think it lo- their future looks good.
1: I am going to have to disagree with you completely here. I think the bills have built a great thing, and they're on a quick rise to the top. I think that team could definitely uh, take down the buccaneers. and I haven't think that they would have had a better chance uh, than the chiefs um, would have, you know, because the Chiefs were a little banged up. And I wanted to talk about that next. So, obviously, Patrick Mahomes had a little bit of a turf toe. The offensive line was banged up. How much do you think those injuries played into the outcome of the game?
0: Well, I mean, injuries always play into the game. But there were a lot of intangibles that were against the Chiefs, such as the injuries and Andy Reid's son, with some criminal behavior. I just, and plus it was a basically a home game for the Buccaneers. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, you know, that offensive line, you know, I think that's part of the reason. It's always such, you know, such an unheralded aspect of any football team, you know, protecting the quarterback. And the reason that Mahomes, like I said, has been invincible He's never even lost by double digits. He won like something like twenty-five out of his last twenty-six starts before this game. And you know when they were a little bit banged up, you saw every play. Mahomes was just running all over the field. He almost made some crazy passes, uh, but a few drops late, and a comeback never materialized. Uh, but that is going to be it uh, for NFL coverage of the games. We covered almost the entire season, and it was a you know a great effort by I think by the NFL, Roger Goodell to get all the games in and uh, have a Super Bowl. And uh, so an amazing uh, job by everyone at the NFL. Uh, But one other thing that happened over the weekend was the NFL honors. Uh, Read those over quickly. Uh, The main highlights, defensive player of the year was Aaron Donald. Offensive player of the year was Derrick Henry. And the MVP was Aaron Rodgers, his third MVP, Sam. I think you said Aaron Rodgers was going to win it last week. Uh, How do you feel about this pick?
0: I mean – yeah, he was the best performer this season. Now I don't agree with Derrick Henry being offensive player of the year.
1: So who do you think uh, should have won it?
0: Josh Allen, definitely.
1: Yeah, um, I think even Josh Allen should have won MVP. But uh, I think they wanted to switch it up and you know not put two quarterbacks in there. Um, but I think that NFC Championship game kind of it left a bad stain. Um, on Aaron Rodgers' season, but I don't know that isn't, the playoffs aren't as big of taking into account as they should be. You know, it should be mostly the regular season with any MVP award. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's going to be it uh, for the NFL segment for quite a while. Um, like I said, as with college football, we will be updating you on any free agency signings. Obviously, the Deshaun Watson saga will continue, um, so we'll update you there if there's any major updates. Um, but that is it, and uh, – Yeah. Uh, So coming up next, we're going to be covering, like I said, the best game of the week, the Duke-UNC game. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back to Carter and Lowry. In this week, uh, the Tar Heels played twice. We'll go quickly through the Clemson game, um, 50-63 at Clemson on Tuesday. Not a very good game from the heels. You know, really couldn't score the ball. But uh, that's it. And uh, going ahead to, the obviously, the greatest rivalry in college basketball, UNC, Duke, the Heels won 91-87 to 87 at Duke on Saturday. Caleb Love, 25 points, 7 assists. His best game is the Tar Heel. Armando Baycott bounces back from the bad game against Clemson. With 16 points and 6 rebounds. UNC shoots 10 from for 15 from 3. Easily the best 3-point shooting performance of the season by the Heels. And the first time that UNC has beaten Duke at Cameron since the shoe game, the game when uh, Zion Williamson uh, broke his shoe onto the first place of the game. Um, and UNC ended up winning. Um, so, Sam, give me your first impressions from this game.
0: This is the most complete game that I've seen Carolina play all season. I mean, I don't even think that they've scored 80 prior to this point. You correct me if I'm wrong. But...
1: Yeah, they scored 86. I um, against that state, but go ahead.
0: Uh well, still it's not 91. But yeah, the most complete game and the best game that I've seen the Tar Heels play all season.
1: Yeah, for me, uh the one takeaway is Caleb Love. Um, he really stepped up big. Um, tw- obviously 25 points, you know. I think at the start of the season, you know, I think we we have been the Tar Heels have been so blessed to have guys like Marcus Page and Joel Berry who have stayed there. And even Kobe White, you know, just picked it up, picked up the offense so quickly, and it really runs through the point guard, being able to, you know, pass it to the post and to the wings. And, you know, I, I think it took him a few games to, to kind of start to learn that. I think he's really picking on. And um, if he can be a consistent, you know, like 15-point uh, score, that would be a tremendous help. But um, so many guys in double figures. And, I mean, it's tr- a tr- tremendous game. You know, I don't think the Tar Heels were – losing for more than a minute of this game. And, I mean, it kind of goes to show, you know, we needed to step up and score a lot of points. We did it, and that gives me a lot of hope for the uh, NCAA tournament where you have to score consistently every single game because you never know when you're going to play a team who suddenly gets hot. Mm -hmm. Um, But a great uh, win, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to complete uh, the season sweep um, next, I think it's March the 4th is when Duke visits the Dean Dome. Um, but next week, obviously, uh, we record on Mondays, like I've mentioned so many times, so we do not know what happened in the Miami game. It's in the description. Um, the Targets also will face Virginia, number nine Virginia, in Virginia. So it's going to be a tough game and a tough test of the um, You know, what I like to call I mean, they're, they've kind of gotten – on this nice streak, so uh, we'll see if they can keep it up. But Sam, uh, give us some notable ACC games this week.
0: So on Wednesday, we saw number 14, Virginia, slip past NC State, 64-57. to And then we saw number 16, Virginia Tech, lose to Pitt, 83-72, to that game also on Wednesday. Then we saw North Carolina State beat Boston College 81-65 to on Saturday. The reason I want to talk about this game is because NC State went on a 37-3 to run. I mean, that is just insane to me. I've never really heard a stat like that. But moving on, we saw Virginia squeak by Pitt, 73-66 to on Saturday. And then we saw number 16 Virginia Tech beat Miami in overtime. 80
1: to 76. And some ranked teams in the ACC this week. Obviously, it's just three three same teams. Virginia clocking in at number nine. They're 13-3 overall and and 9-1 in the conference. Florida State is clocking in at 17 at 10-3 and 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 6-2 in the conference. Virginia Tech is 18th. They're 14-4 and 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 8-3 in the conference. So, Sam, as we start to wind down the ACC games, every team has about eight or nine games left. We're looking at the... uh, standings right now sam who do you have winning the acc regular season title and
0: claiming
1: that number 1 seed
0: um well it's it's between virginia and florida state and it's really just going to come down to those two so i think i give virginia the edge just because tony bennett is more accustomed to winning than florida state
1: yeah, i have to agree with you there. Um, you know, Virginia has played the more complete season, obviously with only one loss in conference play. Um, you know, FSU, I mean, they've obviously, you know, we've seen in the past, just blown some teams out. Um, but I think Virginia is the more complete team. And that really matters in conference play. But uh, the other thing that is very important is getting the double bye in the ACC tournament, those top four uh, seeds. So, Sam, who are your top four seeds in the ACC for the ACC tournament this year?
0: Um, Virginia obviously is going to be one, and Florida State looks like they're going to be one. I'm going to go with UNC just because I think that that Duke game was a very a much needed push, and I think that's going to push them over the hump. And then for my last team, I'm going to go with Virginia Tech. I give them the edge over Louisville.
1: Um, I'm going to, obviously, like I said, I'm going to give uh, UVA the one spot. I'm going to put Florida State at the two spot. And I'm going to put uh, Louisville at the three spot. A little bit of surprise. I think Virginia Tech has shown a little bit of vulnerability, obviously, with that loss uh, to Pitt. Um, and I'm going to put UNC at the four spot um, for the ACC tournament. Uh, but that is going to about do it for this uh, segment of uh, Carter and Lowry College Basketball. And coming up next, we're going to be introducing a brand new segment. All right, welcome back to Carter and Lowry. In our brand new segment, we're going to be calling it Mixed Bag, um, you know, as you know, the NFL and college football are winding down. We're kind of running low on content, uh, so we're going to be throwing in some just random stuff, some random debates, and it uh, should be a lot of fun. Uh, today, our topic is questioning Sam's uh, sports loyalty. Uh, he's thrown around a lot of we's and uh, us's um, for a variety of teams uh, throughout these uh, 15 episodes so far. So, Sam, I just want you to defend. You have claimed to be a fan of Wake Forest, NC State, UNC, and Clemson. Just explain to me your ties to those schools.
0: Okay, so starting off with Clemson, my dad got his bachelor's degree from Clemson University, majoring in finance. My mother got her bachelor's degree from UNC. I'm not exactly sure what she majored in. And then my sister is currently getting her bachelor's degree from NC State. Studying uh, graphic design, and then my dad finished off college, getting his MBA from Wake Forest. So those are my ties. Okay, to those so schools.
1: in football, give me just like a run, like a one through four. Okay, let me. I'll just ask it out. So Clemson's playing
0: UNC. Who are you cheering for? Clemson. If UNC
1: is playing NC State, who are you cheering for?
0: It depends on who wins.
1: You can't do that, Sam. You can't. <laughs> okay, so what about if NC State's playing Wake State? Okay, so you got like a bit of a tie between. I just, I just don't think that's acceptable. But um, moving on, you are a fan of the Steelers. So just explain that.
0: Well, so when I was in fifth grade, my uncle, who grew up a Steelers fan. Just gave me, out of the blue, a Steelers shirt. And I didn't really care about pro football at that time. So I just became a Steelers fan. So you can call that bandwagon if you want. That doesn't really bother me.
1: I, I just think my, okay, let's move on. College basketball. Clemson's playing mm-hmm. UNC. Who are you cheering for? I mean, they just, they just played. Like, did you watch the Clemson-UNC basketball game?
0: So yeah, during
1: the game, no, I'm not. Even, I'm not during the game. Like right before tip off, if I asked you, who do you want to win this game? Well, who are you gonna answer?
0: I think I told you.
1: Well, who? I don't remember. What did you say?
0: <laughs> I told you I was cheering for whoever won.
1: That's that's a problem. I, just I think that's a problem.
0: I think that's acceptable. I think that's acceptable.
1: So during the. Do you like switch with like the lead changes, or you just hoping for a good game? Like if UNC takes the lead by five, you like go UNC, but then Clemson goes on a ten run. Now you're cheering for
0: Clemson. No, it's it's really you can't really switch back and forth. It's it's I I cheer for a good game, and then whatever the outcome is, then I kind of say that I was cheering for that team. I just I I don't
1: know. Okay, so let's talk about last season uh, in college basketball. Oh, yeah. Obviously, UNC had a pretty bad season. And Clemson, mm-hmm. or what I don't even know what they did. Where were they? Like
0: it was they, it was pretty okay. good
1: season. It wasn't. Any so, special. which team were you following closer?
0: Probably Clemson, just because. I mean, they're doing decent for Clemson standards. And, you know, Carolina was doing terrible. So I wasn't cheering for Carolina any less. It was just I followed
1: Clemson. That's literally like, that's just the problem I have. Like, that's just the definition
0: of a bandwagon. I'm not saying I was cheering for them. No, man, the definition definition of bandwagon is hopping on a team – where you have no ties, regardless, to that team, because they're good. I just no. I just feel like here.
1: What you're doing is you're saying, all right, I have got this bailout. You know these four college. ties. It's not really a bailout, but you should just have a team. Like I just cheer for UNC. But you're just you're what Clemson's good one season. Oh, I'm gonna cheer for them. UNC's good one season. Oh, I'm gonna cheer for them. Like, I just feel like this is just not. You can hear from multiple teams. It's just not right.
0: It just makes it more fun. That's just, what it is. No. <laughs>
1: um, so maybe maybe we'll do an Instagram poll. Obviously, follow us on Instagram at Carter underscore and underscore Lowry. Um, but I think Sam is a bandwagon. Um, uh, Reed Weichel, we could also call him into question for being an LSU and UNC bandwagon. Um, for EDS that I'm directly calling you out. We will have you on, and I will expose you as a bandwagon. Um, But that is going to do it uh, for this uh, segment of Mixed Bag next week. Um, I think we'll be doing ranking our all-time NBA jerseys, uh, so look forward to that. And uh, coming up next, we're going to be breaking down a a little bit of an up-and-down week for the Hornets. All right, welcome back uh, to Carter and Larry, NBA segment, directly following uh, the Carter inquisition. Uh, the Hornets this week went 1-2. They're now 9-11 and 11 overall. Oh, excuse me, I think I messed that up. They're actually 11-13 overall. Uh, they lost to the Sixers and the Jazz, but they did beat the Wizards uh, this past Sunday. Just looking at these games, Sixers and the Jazz games, you know, the defense really wasn't there. I think, um, obviously, if you didn't know, uh, we talked. We put in the description: the uh, Hornets beat um, the Heat in a wild game, but Lamelo also started that game, um, and he's been starting ever since. And I think that it's taken the, a moment for the defense to adjust, but they played a great defensive game against the Wizards. Uh, next week, the Hornets will see the Rockets uh, on this Monday, so we'll put that in the description along with the Miami game. The Grizzlies on Wednesday. Timberwolves on Friday and the Spurs on Sunday, so four opponents who are either below or at five hundred. So definitely an opportunity uh, to take advantage and maybe slip into potentially the fourth spot in the East. But Sam, give us our player of the week.
0: So our player of the week this week for the Hornets is still Lamelo Ball, who just broke his own career high of twenty-seven points. Now he has a 34-point game against the Jazz. The Hornets did lose that game, though.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, it was an offensive slugfest, and LaMelo, he took advantage. Um, but he's, he's going to be a hot topic, as we're going to talk about later. All right, to get you up to date on the top dogs over in the East, the 76ers are at the one spot, 17-7. and seven. The Bucks are at the second seed, 15-8. and eight. The Nets are fourteen and eleven, and the Celtics are twelve and ten. Sam, what's going on out west?
0: So in the West, we have the Jazz now taking the lead at nineteen and five. We have the Lakers coming in at second at eighteen and six. The Clippers at third at at seventeen and eight, and then the Suns in the fourth spot. At thirteen and nine.
1: And yes, Bradley Bill is still leading the league in points per game, averaging thirty-three point two points per game, but Stephen Curry is hot on his tail. Sam, who is leading the league in rebounds?
0: It is not Andre Drummond anymore. Clint Capella has overtaken Andre Drummond. Yeah with 14.6 rebounds a game.
1: And uh, James Harden is loving life with two elite scores in Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, and he is averaging 11.2 assists per game in the League. All right, Sam, like I mentioned earlier, LaMelo Ball now starting. He's putting up some great numbers. You know, Devontae Graham and Terry Ruggier have been hurt. Terry Ruggier is back. Devontae Graham is still sitting. After he is now started, can you put him back on the bench?
0: I mean, obviously you can, but I don't think it'd be good. I mean, the Hornets have a rhythm now that I don't think they had prior to starting him.
1: I would have to agree with you. Um, Obviously, you know, you're going against the 76ers and the Jazz. uh, The two one seeds right now, so I didn't really expect to win those games. Um, But I think the true test is this next stretch, like I mentioned. You know, some very easy opponents. Let's take advantage. You know, potentially, you know, if we continue this streak, you know, get it up to a six-game winning streak. And, you know, the East is pre- pretty uh, top-heavy right now. So sneaking into that fourth spot before we have to, you know, go face some tougher opponents again would be a great um, confidence boost for this team. Uh, but this team's playing with a lot of confidence. You know, they're moving the ball. They're re- moving really fast. It's throwing a lot of teams for a loop. Um So we'll see how they do in the coming weeks. Uh, But that is going to do it uh, for this episode of Carter & Lowry. And as always, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of Carter & Lowry.
0: Special thanks to our listeners and our producer, Buzzsprout.